This is On The Tee. Brought to you by Canteen Vodka Soda. Ready to drink, ready to go. Now here's your host, Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. And a very good Sunday morning to you. It is great to be back in this chair once again, filling in for Anita. Pat O'Keefe with you on this Sunday morning. A full hour to talk about the world of golf. The FedEx Cup on the horizon. The regular season wrapping up today, weather permitting, of course, in Greensboro, North Carolina, and a couple of interesting conversations on the PGA Tour coming up. I'll be with you until 12 after 9 o'clock. We'll get into all the baseball. The Yankees, you heard their update at the top of the hour, losing one nothing to the Cardinals last night. Uh, two straight losses for the Yankees in the heartland. The Mets, another statement in a, ser- a season full of them sweeping a doubleheader yesterday against the Atlanta Braves. On the tee with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN is presented by PGA Tour Superstore. It is golf's biggest season at your New York and New Jersey PGA Tour Superstores, the home of golf pros and beginners with the largest selection in golf clubs, men's and women's apparel, and plenty more. So the Wyndham Championship in Greensboro, North Carolina, hoping to wrap up today, and then it is on to the FedEx Cup playoffs. Weather getting in the way yesterday at the Wyndham. Uh, storm delays allowing only 12 players to complete round three. So they got to finish round three today and then play an entire round four. And it's a very, very big event because there are a lot of players jostling for positioning within the FedEx Cup standings. That starts next week. And a lot of players just trying to earn enough points to get in and qualify for the FedEx Cup. So if you are the organizers for the FedEx St. Jude Championship, the first event, which is next week at TPC Southwind in Memphis, you're paying close attention today because you don't even know who the full field is going to be. And that's the interesting thing about playoff golf. And and that's why golf isn't necessarily uh, a playoff sport. So when you get to this point in the season, it kind of throws a little monkey wrench in things. And it's similar to the other sports that we enjoy with playoff formats, the NBA playoffs, the major league baseball playoffs, the Stanley cup playoffs, the uh, NFL playoffs, where you don't necessarily know who your next opponent is going to be or where that game is going to be played until the last minute, then you have to potentially hop on a plane. This is as close as golf comes to that. Uh, Right now, Sung J.M. is your leader in round number three. He has completed 12 holes in round three. He just birdied the uh, 12th to move to 13 under par overall. John Hugh and Brandon Wu are both tied for second place in the Wyndham Championship right now. Again, round three underway. It's a rare that we are on the air at this early hour on a Sunday morning, and we're following along a leaderboard, but the weather from yesterday has enabled that to happen. So then it's on to the FedEx Cup playoffs. $18 million awarded to the winner. And as I mentioned, it starts with the St. Jude Championship at TPC Southwind in Memphis this coming week, August 11th through the 14th. The top 125 players, according to the FedEx Cup point standings, will be there. And then the following week, the BMW Championship in Wilmington, Delaware, at the Wilmington Country Club. The field is trimmed from 125 to 70 for that. And then it all wraps up with the Tour Championship from August 25th through the 28th. That'll be at Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta. The top 30 in the FedEx Cup point standings at that point 
will compete in the Tour Championship. St. Jude Championship is the only one that has a cut. The BMW and the Tour Championship do not have cuts. And making this more interesting, of course, is the constant presence of the Live Golf Tour. And uh, the update on that front this week, three Live players, Taylor Gooch, Matt Jones, and Hudson Swafford, were deemed not allowed to play in the first playoff event, the St. Jude Championship, next week. They had sought a temporary restraining order, which would have allowed them to play. Their argument was that they qualified for the FedEx Cup. They earned enough points to play in the FedEx Cup before taking off for the Live Tour. Uh, Their restraining order was denied. Their request for a restraining order was denied. They will not play. This is the definition of trying to have your cake and eat it too. Look, a lot of it was posturing. I can't imagine that these players thought that there was any chance after jumping to the live tour that right out of the gate, they would be able to play in essentially, not essentially in the playoffs for the PGA tour. Uh, The definition of jumping to the live tour means that you are issuing opportunities and the chance to win on the PGA Tour in favor of the opportunity to win more money on the Live Tour. And you obviously, obviously can't have it both ways. Now, is this restraining order laying the groundwork for further litigation and further fights in the future? Possibly. I mean, remember, this whole thing, I know this was in the works for a while. You don't just up and start a rival golf tour in the middle of a season without months and years of planning going into it behind the scenes. But as far as being in the public consciousness, this is still very, very new for everybody involved. The players, the fans, the litigators, the administrators. So there's still a lot that needs to be worked out. I would imagine from the live golf perspective, there is a hope that in the future they can have their cake and eat it too. And this is probably just a step towards attempting to make that happen we shall see but every week there seems to be uh, some sort of an update involving the players who have jumped to the live golf tour now the other thing that's on the line over the next three weeks over the next uh, three FedEx Cup events are the awards for the season notably the player of the year and the rookie of the year now coming up in our next segment we're going to be joined a fun conversation that I'm looking forward to by David Young. He's the head golf pro at Sleepy Hollow Country Club in Westchester County. More notable to golf fans, however, he is the father of the favorite to win the PGA Tours Rookie of the Year, Cameron Young. If you don't know Cameron's story, grew up in the area from Scarborough, New York in Westchester County. Went to Fordham Prep, played on the golf team there. Went to Wake Forest, starred on the golf team there. Played alongside Will Zalatoris, who they have had many battles head-to-head already in their brief PGA Tour career. So that's going to be a fun rivalry to continue to watch. Oh, and by the way, he finished tied for third at the PGA Championship. And he almost won the Open Championship at St. Andrews when he eagled the 18th hole and put a lot of pressure on Cameron Smith to make a birdie putt on 18 to wrap up his Open Championship. So Cameron Young if not the breakout performer of this PGA Tour season, certainly on the very short list of those who have broken out in a big way. We'll speak with his father, David Young, about his son's success and his son's outstanding rookie season. 
David Behrman, who's the deputy editor of sports betting for ESPN.com. Always a fun conversation. He'll join me after that later in the hour. And, of course, your calls, too, if you want to weigh in on anything, 1-800-919-3776. You know, the FedEx Cup, it's interesting. It's now in its 15th season, and it was designed uh, a decade and a half ago to really bridge the gap from the end of the final major to the end of the golf season to try to drum up more interest. Has it worked? I would say that the answer is yes. The interest level in the FedEx Cup is not nearly what it is for any of the four majors. But as you look at the tweaks that have been made to the FedEx Cup format through the years, they've put it in a really good place right now. And this is what golf wants. They've put it in a place where you don't have any accidental winners in for the FedEx Cup. I mean, you look at the recent list of FedEx Cup champions. Last year was Patrick Cantlay, Dustin Johnson the year before that, Rory McIlroy 2019, Justin Rose 2018, Justin Thomas 2017, Rory again 2016, Jordan Spieth in 2015. I mean, these are these are the biggest names in golf who have won the FedEx Cup. And if your goal, which it is, is to get eyeballs on your events in a part of the summer after the majors are complete, then you want those types of names and those types of players high atop the leaderboard for your marquee events. So in that regard, it has been successful. I mentioned that the leading candidate for the PGA Tour Rookie of the Year is Cameron Young. I think the FedEx Cup will also decide the Player of the Year. Right now, you've got to think that Scotty Scheffler has an advantage. He is number one in the FedEx Cup point standings. He's number one by a pretty good margin on the money list. However, Cam Smith is number two in both of those categories. Scheffler won a major. He won the Masters. Cam Smith won a major. He won the Open Championship. So if Cam Smith goes out and wins the Tour Championship and captures the FedEx Cup and the $18 million that goes along with it, I do think that there is a chance, based on what Scheffler does during this next month, that Cam Smith can leapfrog Scotty Scheffler and throw his hat in the ring as the PGA Tours Golfer of the Year. So a couple of those storylines to watch. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will welcome in David Young, head golf pro, Sleepy Hollow Country Club, and the father of one of the best young golfers on the PGA Tour, Westchester County's own Cameron Young. Back here on the tee, Pat O'Keefe in for Anita Marks on this Sunday morning. This on the tee leaderboard update on 98.7 ESPN is presented by PGA Tour Superstore. It is golf's biggest season at your New York and New Jersey PGA Tour Superstores, the home of golf pros and beginners with the largest selection in golf clubs, men's and women's apparel, and more. Third round continuing at the Wyndham Championship in Greensboro, North Carolina, the final regular season event on the PGA Tour. Weather delaying the event from round three yesterday and carrying it over to today. Sung Jae Im on top of the leaderboard. Back-to-back birdies for him now. And he has a two-stroke lead. He is at minus six through 13 holes on the round three. John Hugh and Brandon Wu are tied for second. And they are both two strokes off the lead. Sung Jae Im on top with a minus 14 as they continue play in round number three. I mentioned the last segment, special guest coming up. 
Uh, David Young is the head golf pro at Sleepy Hollow Country Club. Uh, you've probably, if you're listening to this program, uh, heard of his son Cameron Young, the 25-year-old Westchester County native who has burst onto the scene in a very big way this year. He is ninth in the FedEx Cup rankings heading into this final tournament. Seven top 10 finishes this year. Five times this year he's finished either second or tied for second. That includes a tie for third at the PGA Championship and a second-place finish at the Open Championship in St. Andrews. It's been quite a year for Cameron, and as we welcome in David Young. David, good morning. I would say it's been quite a year for you as well, enjoying your son's success. How are you doing today? We're doing great, thanks. I'm actually sitting here by the 16th green at Sleepy Hollow, looking out over the Hudson River. Beautiful morning. Uh, Glad to be here with you. It's great to have the opportunity to talk with you. Your son is someone I've been aware of for a long time because I had the opportunity to follow him and cover him a little bit when he was in high school playing for Fordham Prep in the Bronx. Uh, As I mentioned, some of the particulars of his breakout year, to say it's been a breakout has been an understatement. I'm curious, what has this experience been like for you? Boy, it's been uh, not very relaxing, but a lot of fun. Uh, You know, I I was... Hopeful that Cam would be able to compete out there. You never really know until he gets out there and is playing week to week with the best players in the world. Um, you know, and he's proven in a big way. He's he's played some great golf all season long on a pretty consistent basis uh, on all different kinds of golf courses. So, um, you know, it's been really exciting for me. I got to spend a good part of the winter, January and February, while the club is closed here uh, on the road with him and. During the summer while we're open, I have to pick my spots a little bit more carefully, but I have been able to get out, uh, especially to the majors. Uh, and it's, you know, some dreams uh, literally coming true here for us. You know, you mentioned you're never entirely sure how someone's going to compete at this level until they do, because it is the highest level of golf there is in the entire world. What was the point for you? And you're coming at this from a different perspective. You're obviously a father, but you're a PGA Tour professional. So you're coming at it with a level of expertise as well. What was the point for you where you realized that he does belong among this group? Wow. Um, you know, little things along the way, but I think, uh, you know, when he won his, when he won back-to-back tournaments on the Corn Ferry Tour, you know, in a pretty convincing way, he led eight rounds in a row to win two weeks in a row. Um, you know, we, when we saw that kind of golf, he gave you a pretty good idea that he'd be able to at least hold his own, you know, at the next level. Um, you know, and then, and then right off the bat, uh, his second tournament on the PGA Tour, he finished second at Sanderson Farms. Um, and then not too long after that, you know, in a really strong field at Riviera last winter, finished second or tied for second. Um, you know, so really, you know, right away sort of proved to us that he could do it out there, uh, you know, and has continued his good play, you know, right through the last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, it's looking really good. It's on the tee with Pat O'Keefe, joined by David Young, the head golf pro at Sleepy Hollow Country Club, uh, and the father of Cameron Young, one of the top golfers, top young golfers on the PGA Tour. David, tell me about Cameron's golf upbringing. Obviously, it's in his blood, given what you do, but how did you bring him along, and when did you realize that you had something special with your son as a golfer? Um. You know, he's, he had a club in his hand from a very early age. I think he was two or three and just was around 
the golf course and the practice range by default because my wife likes to play and I like to play. So we'd go out in the evenings, um, you know, and he would come with us. And sometimes he hit some balls, sometimes he wouldn't, but uh, at least exposed to it. So he had a you know, pretty good head start on most kids. He had an opportunity to hit a lot of balls at a very young age, uh, especially around the greens. He you know, grew up chipping and putting and having contests a lot. And I guess when he was a eighth grader, he, he really started to compete in some of the area amateur events and did well right away. So that was kind of a you know a clue that um, you know he started winning tournaments and being the youngest one to do some of those things. Uh, so it was evident that he was on a little bit uh, better track you know than uh, some of the other kids. But but he you know around high school he got a passion for it we took actually took a trip to st andrews that so that that summer and uh he kind of fell in love with the game and sort of made golf his number one priority where up until then he played a bunch of hockey and and baseball and probably liked those two things better Uh, but then you know he really blossomed in high school and college when he started to focus you know mainly on golf were you at st andrews with him this year we did. We got to go. My wife and I got to go over. We were there all week. Um, you know, I got to walk the golf course with him early in the week during the practice rounds. And um, you know, what a treat to to get to walk the ground to St. Andrews with. Uh, you know, we played practice rounds with some of the great players, Justin Thomas and Rory and Webb Simpson and some other guys. Uh, so to be able to walk a place like St. Andrews with you know, some of the greatest players in the game, along with some of the greatest caddies in the game, uh, and really learn the intricacies of the course, it was, that was a lot of fun. I mean, that must've been a surreal experience for you. And then especially the way the tournament plays out, not only the location, like you mentioned, but then Cameron goes out and uh, on the 18th hole Eagles, a par four to put uh, all the pressure in the world on Cam Smith. So for that moment, he's in a tie for the lead at the open championship and in the clubhouse. I mean, can, can you give me a sense of what, that was like for you to experience? Yeah, um, that was almost, you know, I don't even know if it's sunk in yet exactly what happened there, but we were uh, up in one of the TV towers, the only place we could find that we could see what was happening on 18, the crowds are so big. So we just sort of helped ourselves to one of the TV towers near the 18th green, and they were nice enough to let us in and watch. Um, and then, you know, when Cam drove the green, all of a sudden, you know, he's got a, he's got a chance. Uh, you know, Cam Smith hit a phenomenal first putt there to get it up close to the hole for his birdie try. So even when Cam made his eagle try, uh, when that putt went in, uh, obviously, you know, a huge roar from the crowd. And I think I actually got off the ground a little bit, uh, jumping up and down, probably a couple inches anyway. Um, yeah, and for, you know, for about a minute there, he was leader in the clubhouse at the British Open. Cam Smith just had a short one left, so we were pretty sure he was going to make that one since he hadn't missed anything else all day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to, to, to finish second and actually have a chance to win there at the last, um, you know, it's, it's probably our most special memory so far. I, I can imagine. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps hearing you describe the scene right now. We're speaking with David Young, who's the head golf pro at Sleepy Hollow Country Club, father of Cameron Young. Uh, Cameron this season is uh, 10th on the PGA Tour money list uh, with an excess of $6.3 million in winnings during his rookie season. 
Uh, David, a couple more questions for you. How do you balance watching him as a pro, which is your profession, and as his dad? Yeah, sort of a double whammy. You know, I feel, you know, I, I get nervous while he's out there, you know, but I do keep myself pretty occupied, at least when I'm in there in person and I can watch. Um, you know, and I'm kind of just, you know, pretty involved in in thinking about, you know, what shots he's playing. Is he is he hitting the right shots at the right time? Is he is he making the right plays? And and also looking at the mechanics to see how he's swinging, see how he's putting. Um, you know, and at the same time, uh, you know, the dad in me is nervous as it can be for his own kid, but uh, I do try to keep myself, you know, pretty involved mentally, trying to focus more on, you know, what he's doing and how he's doing it. Um, so it's, it's you know, as a dad, you're kind of nervous and, and, and happy when things go well. And, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of good nervous lately. You know, it's fun, you know, when he's in contention and, uh, you know, whatever the finish is going to be is going to be a good one. You know, so so you're kind of nervous, but it's a good nervous. Uh, and as a coach, you know, you really spend a lot of a lot of time just focusing on, um, you know, mechanics and, and strategy and trying to see what we can do better and where we need to work on things. Uh, so it's 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 kind of exhausting, but it's a lot of fun. Do you notice things in his game mechanics-wise that you're like, oh, you know what, he should do that a different way? And is there an instinct to to reach out to him after? I'm curious how that dynamic works. Yeah, you know, it's usually you know if things are going well. We usually don't worry too much about mechanics during the course of the round. We'll do some work maybe you know Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday during the practice rounds or during the practice days. But um, you know, once Thursday hits, he's pretty much on his own and. Uh, you know, if for some reason he struggles, he might, if I'm there, we'll go get some balls in the rain and look at it a little better. If I'm not there, he may send me some videos to look at. Um, but we really haven't had, you know, luckily a whole lot of that this year. Pretty much, uh, you know, Thursday through Sunday, he's been kind of on his own, and, and we'll do our work Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Um, but it's it's fun, and, and he's he's got a very good understanding of his swing, so he's pretty self-sufficient and he might run things by me if he if he wants to try something that feels a little different or looks a little different. Um, but he's got and one of the, his advantages is he's got a very good understanding of his swing and uh, is, is is pretty self sufficient these days. I can imagine, David, what the clubhouse at Sleepy Hollow has been like this summer. Beautiful clubhouse, by the way. You know, with the membership, obviously Cameron in contention at the PGA Championship, in contention at the Open Championship on those Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons. Uh, there's got to be a lot of excitement around that course for your son. Yeah, that's been extremely heartwarming for us to see just how many people, you know, genuinely care and root and are, are having fun watching Cam have all this success. Um, you know, they had a they had a watch party here at the clubhouse Sunday of the British Open, the Open Championship, uh, which was very well attended, and I guess they decided to. They decided to give out free drinks every time Cam made a birdie and then uh, open bar for an hour if he made an eagle somewhere. So uh, it worked out pretty well for the members that morning with seven birdies and an, and an eagle to close. So uh, apparently the roars from the crowd at the on the patio here at Sleepy were heard all over the golf course whenever Cam made a birdie. And, uh, so it was we, we got some videos from some of the people over there and pictures. And, uh, you know, really, really heartwarming as parents to see that many people having fun with uh, with Cam's success. 
That's great. Well, it's been a tremendous season for him so far and 25 years old. So he's just getting started. Uh, I appreciate your thoughts and taking some time. And uh, David, continue to enjoy the ride here. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. I'm sure it has. Good luck to your son. Thanks a lot. That's uh, David Young, the head golf pro at Sleepy Hollow Country Club. Uh, Cameron Young, local kid, Westchester County. He's 17th right now in the world golf rankings. Now, last year, he ended in 134th place in the world golf rankings. He's a rookie this year, so he didn't play a full season last year. But just to give you some perspective on how he has broken out this year, everyone else on this year's top 20 of the world golf rankings was at least in the top 35 last year. Cam Young was 134th. FedEx Cup playoffs begin next week. He is ninth right now in the FedEx Cup rankings. Uh, so comfortable, in fact, that he's not playing in this weekend's Wyndham Championships, whereas a lot of golfers are to try to get into the FedEx Cup. 22 starts this season, seven top 10 finishes. As I mentioned, he is 10th on the PGA Tours money list, $6.3 million in winning so far, five times either second or tied for second, including second at the Open Championship and a tie for third at the PGA Championship. So great hearing some perspective from his father, David Young, who obviously is coming at it from the uh, place of being a professional himself, the golf pro at Sleepy Hollow Country Club, and it must have been, must be quite a experience for him to watch his son's success. It's on the tee with Pat O'Keefe. We will uh, step aside when we come back. David Behrman of ESPN.com will join me. We'll talk about the upcoming FedEx Cup. Uh, some betting opportunities that he has his eye on and other storylines down the stretch of the PGA Tour season here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Pat O'Keefe on the tee here on Sunday morning. Uh, switching gears now, one of my favorite guests to talk golf and betting and anything else with David Behrman, the deputy editor of sports betting for ESPN.com. Joining us on this Sunday, David, how you doing today? Good, good. Good morning. I'm actually teeing off myself in about an hour with a company event, so it's good to talk golf and then go play golf today. Odds on you today, David? What are they? Uh, it's a odds on me. It is a scramble company event, so I, I put a I put us in the, the ten to one category today. We have uh, four pretty good golfers, but we're not ringers. But I, I think we're going to finish in the top ten. I would I would say that's about even money for top ten out there. You know, one of my favorite things about David's Twitter page is he puts odds on everything. He's an interesting follow. What is your Twitter handle? I don't have it off the top of my head. Uh, D. Behrman, that's D-B-E-A-R-M-A-N, uh, ESPN. So my first initial last name and then ESPN. Yeah, a lot of uh, odds on everything, including the Rocky, uh, Rocky Marathon last night. That was fun as well. Yep, I saw that. I saw that. All right, so obviously, you know, the FedEx Cup, it's hard to believe it's been around 15 years now. It was introduced really as a way to continue the golf interests after the final major, which used to be the PGA Championship, through the end of the golf season. Uh, attach a whole lot of money, get a field of the best players, uh, top 30 players competing in the Tour Championship for this year, an $18 million first prize. You know, first thing, when I look at the recent winners, I, I think they've gotten it right, David, in that – there aren't any accidental winners. You know, it's the biggest names in golf, Cantlay, DJ, Rory, Justin Rose, Justin Thomas. Those are the recent winners. What, what do you think about the FedEx Cup and where it is right now? Has it succeeded in what golf was trying to do? I think it has, at least more recently. I know it went through a couple of different iterations where they didn't really do the points 
correctly where the first couple of years, I think VJ won once and he didn't even have to play the last two events. And then the next year, Tiger missed one of the first two events and still did well. So they had to keep changing the rules because the points just weren't set up the right way. I'm not a fan of what they did last year with the whole resetting of the tour championship and giving, you know, Cantlay got a three-shot lead to start the event. I don't like that because that makes it significantly harder for betters to put my betting hat on when you're trying to handicap a tournament and one guy has a three-shot lead before it starts. I think they went a little bit too far with that because it basically becomes two different events. So you're betting on the guy who wins the FedEx Cup, you're winning betting on the guy who won the tour championship. And that was because what happened the year before when Tiger Woods won the tour championship but Justin Rose won the FedEx Cup, and nobody was paying attention to Justin Rose because everybody was infatuated. Holy crap, Tiger Woods just won something when Justin Rose was the $10 million winner, but it didn't matter because somebody else won it. So they changed it up, trying to basically say, all right, Patrick can't let you have a three-shot lead going into the event, and he technically won the Tour Championship and the FedEx Cup last year, when in reality he may not have had the lowest score of the 72 holes, which you can now bet on. So I think they went a little bit too far with that, overreacting. But overall, I do like Pat that they went down from four events to three events to make it a little bit more challenging. You now top 125 get in, but then you got to get down to the top 70 for the BMW um, for, for week two as opposed to the top 100. It's even going to go even further next year where they're shortening it as well for 170 and then 30. So I think it has works to a degree that you're playing something for the entire year and then you get to the FedEx Cup and it's a, a re-event playoff on three distinctly different courses where really the best golfer, all-around golfer in the field who does well over the last three weeks is going to be your FedEx Cup champion. I think in that respect they've done and I just think they've tinkered too much with the way they do the tour championship because now you go into it and you know, you have a staggered leaderboard before it starts, and it's like, well, you know, why, why are we doing that? We're talking with David Behrman, who's the deputy editor of sports ed, uh, sports betting for ESPN.com before he tees off himself. All right, so let's talk about some betting opportunities for the FedEx Cup, David. And you can obviously bet the FedEx Cup as a whole, and you can bet it per event. So what is your approach as you look at the next three weeks? I go event by event. In fact, as we look right now, the actual betting of the total FedEx Cup is off the board. They're waiting to have the field be set after today's, I guess, round and a half or what's left of the Wyndham Championship. And then they'll put it back up there. And because you don't really know how it's going to work out, and then you have what I just talked about with the Tour Championship staggered field, that's a little bit adds, adds something more difficult to betting who's going to be the champion. So I go event by event. I still treat it. Like, it's three separate events over the course of the season, just like you would any other event. And that's, I think, the best approach, because you really don't know what's going to happen two, three, four weeks from now. Um, it's one thing to go ahead and take a player that you know is very good at Eastlake and go bet him if the odds are out there, just like you can for the Masters, U.S. Open, Open Championship, and PGA. But when it comes to the FedEx Cup, I'm a guy who literally goes week by week, every Every course is different. Every field's going to be different. And the last thing you want to do is, is pick a guy and then find out that he didn't make the event, and then you're screwed on, on that end as well. So, you know, we'll start at St. Jude, which is, you know, it's funny because the, 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 the weekly event that was in Memphis for years was a really bad field on an easy course, and it was like an event that people kind of just forgot about. But now that they've made it, a first they made it a WGC event, became bigger, and now they've made it a – a uh, FedEx Cup playoff event, it's become even bigger because obviously the top 125 all go there. So I go event by event. 
All right, so who are some names that you're looking at? And again, it's somewhat difficult because we still have a round and a half of the Wyndham Championship, but you know who the key players are that are going to be in the first FedEx Cup event, the St. Jude Championship in Memphis next week. So who are some names that you're eyeing uh, right now? For, for the St. Jude event, it's a course that uh, ha- has been around for a long time. Like I said, it was a field that wasn't very, very big for years as it was sort of like a B-type field event. But over the last few years, it's gotten bigger with the WGC attaching to it for a few years and now it being a FedEx Cup event. There's a couple of guys who play that course well. Um, keep in mind, the last three tournaments this year have not been huge fields. Two won by Tony Finau. And then this week, where a lot of the pros, once the Open Championship was over, at least the top 10 guys, have sat out and rested. So keep that in mind that they haven't played in a couple of weeks. But some names that I like for that event include Rory McIlroy, which comes as no surprise. He plays that course well, and he's well-rested, has not played since not winning the Open a few weeks ago. Um, I don't like playing the guy, but nobody's playing better right now than Tony Finau, and he has played well at this specific course. So he's a guy that plays well here, and he's at the top of his game. It will be interesting to see how he plays against a really good field next week as opposed to the two fields that he won, not taking anything away from Tony. He won back-to-back events, which isn't done often on tour. But deep down, you look at the fields. They were not tough fields, and he was the favorite the first week, and he was the second favorite week, too. And, you know, you're talking about a guy who was outside the top ten in the FedEx Cup and the world rankings being the favorite and second favorite. That'll tell you how the fields were. This will be a much different event where everybody in the top 10, top 20 in the world will be in this event. So, but Tony does play it well. And another name that I'm not going to play, but I'm going to watch because I want to see how he does for, for, for the following week at the BMW is Justin Thomas because I, I think there's more right now to Justin Thomas than people think because he has not played very well since tweaking his back um, after the U.S. Open, he withdrew from the Travelers Championship, which at the time everybody thought was liberated when he had to come out with a press release and say, had nothing to do with live, I tweaked my back, coming from Boston to Hartford. Hasn't played well since. Um, it's been about three events. He's taken the last month off. I want to know if that back injury is, 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 is more serious than we thought because he has not played well since the U.S. Open. So he's the guy I'm going to keep an eye on because he plays St. Jude well. And he plays the BMW course well, but I want to see what he does next week before playing him two weeks later. And, you know, he's number nine in the FedEx Cup rankings. So he's within striking distance of winning the Cup. And he's definitely a guy who plays all three of these courses well, but I'm concerned about his back. What you said about Finau is exactly how I feel about him. And he, as you said, just won those back-to-back events against not the strongest field. He hasn't proven it consistently or at all that he can win with a top-flight field. So it will be interesting to see how he plays next week in Memphis on a course that you said he plays very well. But, you know, a guy like him, when he's on, he looks like he's unbeatable. He's got so much talent. You know, how tantalizing is a guy like that when you're betting? Um, You know, how difficult is it to avoid a guy like that? Because the highs are so high, and he seems to be tough to avoid sometimes. He is. He he is definitely out there in the top ten most talented golfers out there. He can drive it as far as anybody his iron game is spectacular, and when he's on, there's nobody who puts better than him as well. But the problem is he's not always on, and for whatever reason over the last couple of years, taking out the last two events that he won, he was also known as not being a closer. There are certain players out there go out there and, and be the best player in the field Thursday, be the best player in the field Friday, and then what we became to call weekend fade finale 
you know, hashtag fake female was a, I remember talking with uh, your colleague Anita Marks every single Friday night, we'd go on the air and, and we, she'd all in on female. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fade him because he doesn't play well on weekends. And if you compare his Thursday, Friday scores to his Saturday, Sunday scores, it was about a two shot difference and it was notable. And, you know, whether it's because of the lack of talent in the field last two weeks or not, the guy finished well. Like, he went out there and had two really, really good Sundays to go ahead and pretty much run away with both events. And, yes, the field wasn't what he's going to face next week in Memphis, but at the same time, he's getting the winning feeling of going out there. And here's a guy who had entering last August, about a year ago, before the Northern Trust playoff event, which is now, you know, St. Jude's, he had one career win for a guy that basically everyone thought was top five in the world. And it was a Puerto Rico Open, which was a B-field event that he didn't even get into the A-field event. So this is his only win since then over the last August 23rd was when he won the Northern Trust. So we're talking less than a year. He's won three times. He won the playoff, the first playoff event last year, and he won the last. How it feels to close it on a Sunday and hold up that trophy. So got to give him credit. But to your question about how hard it is to avoid him, he was in the category of I'm not going to play him until he wins. I'm going to just continuously pound top 10s and top 20s. And for about a three-year period from 2018 to 2020, all the guy did was have top 10s every single week. Like I said, he'd lead the field, then he'd fade on the weekend, but he'd finish in the top 10. So for me, as a better he was my human ATM. He was cashing checks every <laughs> single week, but he just wasn't winning, and I wasn't going to take him to win. Now, back-to-back wins, I'm out of excuses. If I like Tony Finau on the course he plays, I'm going to take Tony Finau because he's proven he can win. Can he win against an A-type field? The guy has a couple of runner-up finishes at the majors, so he has done better. I have now moved Tony into the category of acceptable to bet no matter what the field is, because he's proven he can win. The guy who's replaced him in the will not play him until he actually wins category is Willie Zalatoris. Mm. Here is a guy who's probably the like, top five ball striker on the entire tour. But I feel pretty confident, and I hope you don't quote me on this, that if I go out and take a random putting green, I might beat him in a putting contest. So like, until that guy figures out what to do on the greens, He's not going to win a PGA Tour event, which is why I'm just going to continuously play him in top 10s and top 20s, which I did this week as well at the Wyndham. And here he comes back door making a cut. The guy was four shots off the cut lead, holds out for eagle in the middle of the fairway, and then drains a 50-foot putt after missing two three-footers. That's Willie Z in a nutshell. And the guy made the cut. Then he's about five under yesterday slash today. And he'll probably finish, you know, T17 or, you know, T9, cash us some checks. But I'm not playing him until he shows he can win. No, especially in the majors. I mean, he is always there, event after event, top 10s, top 20s. Let me get you out of here on this, David. Which golfers are on your radar or much more on your radar than they were at the start of the season as you look at these events week by week and place your wagers? I think the two that come to my mind are are Cameron Smith and Xander Shoffley. They've always been on my personal radar as a guy who plays this every single week, but I think the general public – may not have been aware of Cam Smith before he went ahead and almost won the Masters and then, of course, won the uh, the Open Championship a few weeks ago. And Xander Shoffley, who became a guy who was just your bridesmaid, runner-up at every single major, couldn't get it done, and then people stopped picking him because he was never winning, all of a sudden wins two events in a row and, and has, has proven to also won an Olympic gold medal. 
is somebody that if you were to say David Vandershoffley won the FedEx Cup championship, I would have been like, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. So he's a guy I'm going to be watching very closely. I think he has the game to get it done and win some combination of the next three weeks and then hold the trophy at the end. And if the odds were out today, he'd probably be one of the top three guys that I would play to win the FedEx Cup. David, thanks so much. I really enjoy your coverage, and uh, good luck today in your event. Appreciate it. Thank you. I had a nice luau at my house yesterday, so I'm struggling with recovering from that and teeing off at the same time, so it'll be fun. I can certainly relate to that. David Behrman, the deputy editor of sports betting for ESPN.com, before he hits the course himself. Time for Inside the Numbers, brought to you by Teza. Well, I mentioned this earlier. The FedEx Cup starts next week, uh, this coming week, the uh, St. Jude Championship at TPC Southwind in Memphis. The tweaking of the scoring system in recent years for the FedEx Cup has led to the biggest names in golf winning this event. From 2015 to last year, your winners, Spieth, McElroy, Thomas, Rose, McElroy, DJ, and last year was Patrick Cantlay. That was following a stretch from 2011 to 2014 where you had the FedEx Cup winners being Bill Haas, Brant Snedeker, Henrik Stenson, and Billy Horschel. Fine golfers, but not exactly a who's who. What golf wants is the top players in contention at the Tour Championship, and in recent years, that is what golf has gotten. That's Inside the Numbers, brought to you by Teza. Stay focused and feel energetic with Teza Nutrient Pouches. Place between your cheek and gum. No tobacco, no nicotine, no calories in seven flavors. Visit TezaEnergy.com and use code ANITA25 for 25% off your first order. It is on the tee with Pat O'Keefe on this Sunday morning here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Pat O'Keefe with you on this Sunday morning on the tee with Anita Marks here on 98.7 ESPN. is presented by PGA Tour Superstore. It's golf's biggest season at your New York and New Jersey PGA Tour Superstores, the home of golf pros and beginners with the largest selection in golf clubs, men's and women's apparel, and more. All right, Anita's pick, which today we will call Pat's pick, is brought to you by the Wiseman Bourbon from Kentucky Owl. Well, Pat's pick today is going to be David Behrman's pick because he's the expert. I like to consider myself a smart man, uh, and I'm going to go with him. We just had David on last segment. Some thoughts on the first event of the FedEx Cup, the St. Jude Championship, this coming week in Memphis at TPC Southwind. Three names that he likes. Tony Finau, hot lately, plays the course very well. Uh, Justin Thomas he likes, and Rory McIlroy, who consistently has probably been the best player all season long on the PGA Tour. Three names to watch for the St. Jude Championship this coming week in Memphis. That's Anita's pick brought to you by the Wiseman Bourbon from Kentucky Owl. Respect the history, rewrite the future with this perfect blend of four Kentucky straight bourbons. Enjoy responsibly on the golf course or at the 19th hole. Today's On the Tee weather report is brought to you by Mayomi Wine. Whether you're tuning in to watch the pros or celebrating your own game, tee up a glass of Mayomi, the official wine of the PGA Tour. Visit mayomi.com today. Please enjoy Mayomi Wines responsibly. Mayomi Wines, Acampo, California. Well, a heat advisory will be in effect in the New York City area today. It's already 80 degrees outside in New York. Mostly cloudy skies, highs of 90 are expected in the city today. How about Greensboro, North Carolina, where they are finishing up round three? 
before getting to round four of the Wyndham Championship, the final regular season event on the PGA Tour, which, by the way, Sung Jae Im is currently leading. He is minus 13 through 14 holes in round number three. The event was delayed by storms yesterday. They seem to be in good shape today. Currently in Greensboro, 74 degrees and partly cloudy skies. That'll do it for our golf conversation this morning. If you're heading out to the links, have a great Sunday. Uh, hit them straight. Enjoy. <laughs>